Amen. <clears throat> Your brother Caleb back here, he said not, he's going to watch me not to get too close to the edge. Some of y'all got a little nervous on so uh, I got too close, I guess, last time. And if I do fall, how many, raise your hand, would y'all help me, uh, if, uh, man, if I did? I know I'm a little bit big, but man, uh, Caleb, I told Caleb he'd probably just look the other way. Amen. Well, it's good to be here, uh, again on tonight and, uh, just enjoy church. And, uh, a pastor said that, uh, maybe Miss Joanna's teaching might be a little interesting. Well, it's going to get a little interesting in here tonight, amen? Uh, no, hopefully not. These notes, actually, that I'm going to be uh, teaching and preaching on tonight actually came from Bluegrass Pike Baptist Church there in Kentucky uh, several years ago, and I just copied them down, and uh, I'm going to use some of those on tonight. If you find, uh, got your Bibles tonight, I want you to turn with me to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter number 8. Deuteronomy chapter number 8. It's good to see Brother Byard for sure. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to read uh, several verses on tonight, and if you can, stay with me. Uh, But we're going to start in verse number 1 of Deuteronomy chapter number 8. And uh, the Bible says, All... Uh, the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. Uh, and as we're going through this, I know we're reading about Israel and going into the promised land and uh, coming back for the warnings and uh, expectations from God. He's given some of the, the laws and what they ought to do. I want you to think about your life. I want you to uh, make sure you have yourself some application. The God, He has things for us. And so I want you to think about your life uh, as we're reading through these. In verse number 2 it says, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee, and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live." Thy raiment uh, waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. Verse number six. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land. A land of brooks, of water, of fountains and depths uh, that spring out of valleys and hills. And this is the life that God wants for each and every one of us, starting in verse number 7, is these are the things He gives us. And verse number 8, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates and land of oil olive and donuts. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry. And honey, 
A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. In verse number 11 it says, The word beware, that thou forget not the Lord thy God, and not keeping his commandments, and his judgments, and his statutes which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly houses, and dwelt therein, kind of like us here tonight. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through the uh, that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee uh, forth water out of the rock of Flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou shalt say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. For it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which uh, he sware unto thy fathers, as is this day. And it shall be, if thou, sh- uh, uh, thou do at all forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. Tonight I want to bring a lesson tonight on the subject of the school of hunger, the school of hunger. You know, we all go to school. We go to grade school, to uh, middle school, to high school, some of us college. Sometimes we feel like, man, school's over, but in God's economy, God constantly is taking us to school. Schools for a lot of different reasons, but tonight, I don't understand everything that I'm ready to teach on. But I know just in these 42 years of my life, starting tomorrow, these 42 years I've seen a little bit, a brief uh, segments in my life of the school of hunger. And I hope and pray that maybe tonight, if you haven't went through it, I'd say most of you have, but if maybe tonight this might be a help to you, maybe not now, but maybe uh, down a year from now, if you're in going through this school, the school of hunger, you might be able to get uh, past it and better on the other side. As we do, just a way of introduction on tonight. In the Bible, the land of Egypt, and I know everybody knows this, but I'm going to go over it again. But the land of Egypt in the Old Testament was a type of the world, of the lost condition in relation to the uh, nation of Israel. 
And the land of Canaan in the Old Testament was a type of the full, abundant, and surrendered Christian life to the nation of Israel. Between Egypt and Canaan, there were 40 years, 40 years in the wilderness wandering. I want you to think about that for just a moment. The wilderness uh, tonight represents to us the flesh, all the conflicts and the trials that we go through in life, just as the Israelites went through a lot of trials and conflicts during those 40 years. We do that here in this life. And Deuteronomy chapter number 8, verses 1 through 3, it instructs us that God allowed the people to hunger. That amazed me. That amazed me as I uh, was reading that. The Bible says in verse number 3, And he humbled thee. And if you're listening online, this is exactly what the uh, King James Bible says. And he humbled thee. And suffered thee to hunger. That amazed me. God caused them and uh, uh, gave them uh, a time to hunger. And there's always a reason for that. And we're going to get into that for just a second. Tonight I wrote, uh, I've uh, circled in my Bible. I want you to, and these are going to be the points. I've got four points so you can know. Uh, verse number one is going to be my first point. I want you to notice the word observe. I circled that. I don't know if Brother Alltop did it the same way or not, but uh, this is where it came from. Uh, the word observe in verse number one. Uh, my second point is going to be in verse number two on the uh, word remember. So observe, verse one, remember in verse number two. And then drop down to verse number uh, five. This is going to be my third point tonight, and it's the word consider. And I know Pastor, uh, he has preached on the word consider. Uh, uh, it's been a while back, but he has. And so I want you to circle that word in verse number 5. And then verse number 11 will, uh, will be our last point on tonight. And it's the word beware. Beware. So we have observe, remember, consider, and then beware. All four of those uh, tonight. And uh, if this uh, sermon sounds a little bit f- uh, familiar... This sermon could be in, uh, preached by Brother uh, uh, Hoots in Brother Alltop's uh, pulpit. I'm not for sure about that. Uh, so if you got these points, this probably came from you. But we see here that here in Deuteronomy chapter number 8, verses 1 through 3, it instructs us that God allowed the people to hunger. And God allowed these people to go to the school of hunger to teach them something that was necessary in their Lives. How many of you, hold your place there, let's uh, turn with me to Psalms chapter 42, Psalms chapter number 42, real quickly. You know, I would like to think that Brother Jake is always here, but I find myself not. Over the course of my life of being saved, I got saved at age 12. Uh, over the course of my life, I've, uh, I've, uh, I've uh, thought that maybe, man, I'm so close to God, but when I look back, and see, I wasn't really close at all. And there's been little uh, dips in my life. And my life has been uh, kind of like a roller coaster. And I can see uh, the mountaintops in my life as I look back. Uh, and I see the valleys. And some of those valleys are very low. And in Psalms chapter 42 and verse number 1, I would love to think that we're all like this at all times. But we're not. It says, as the heart 
panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. I would like to say, standing here in the pulpit, that my heart's always after God. But it's not always the case. Sometimes I find myself uh, far from where He would have me to be. And sometimes I find myself where, uh, man, it seems like He is a long ways away. There's a, a wall between us. I mean, maybe I have broke some fellowship and, man, I have to get back on these altars and get my place again and uh, get my fellowship back again with God and get right with Him again. But sometimes I look back in my life, as many of us do, and we look at our life and see where we have been, where this life has took us, where God has took us. You know, life is a journey. And this journey in life, uh, even as me and my wife, we've been uh, married uh, 19 years and kids. And, uh, you know, we look at life. I've got uh, people back home. My grandma's in a hospital right now as we speak. And uh, don't know if she'll make it out of there or not. Uh, my mom, she got her MRI on her brain today. Uh, and you know, it's tough. It's tough as uh, life is, it's challenging. This life's journey is not always easy. And man, uh, we look at our children and uh, we've been celebrating birthdays and the hardest, one of the hardest things is looking on your phone and seeing your kids is when they're young. And then you look at them now and and you're thinking, who is the Santa Claus in there? Oh, that's uh, dad there. <laughs> uh, you think about that, it's just, life is just past, it's, it's going so fast. And what I'm trying to say tonight is don't miss out. Don't miss out on what God is trying to do in your life. God, He sent the Israelites uh, to the school of hunger. And tonight you might be listening or you might be here tonight And you might be going through the school of hunger that I'm ready to uh, tell you about. Hey, just be patient. Let God lead. And uh, tonight you will uh, come across and come out of this better than when you came in. But I want you to uh, think about something. To obey the Lord tonight is not simply to do what God wants us to do. That's not obeying. To obey the Lord is to delight in doing it. The difference in the quality of life you live as a Christian is determined by whether or not you are delighting in doing what God wants you to do. There's a lot of people that are uh, going to church out of duty. They're uh, reading their Bibles. They're uh, bringing their kids to Sunday school. And what happens a lot of times, those kids, they see their mom and dad. They're not excited. They're uh, they're nonchalant. They're coming into church. They're uh, uh, just scheduled. They're just doing going through the motions. And yet the children see that there is no delight in obeying God. We've got to make sure we're delighting while we're obeying. There's a difference. And we see this. You know, the, uh, to turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter number 1 very quickly. Deuteronomy chapter number 1 and verse number uh, 1. It says, These uh, be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side of Jordan in the wilderness, in the plain over against the Red Sea between Paran and Tophel and uh, Laban and Hazaroth and Dezaham, Ahab. Uh, there are notices, 11 days journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh 
uh, uh, Barnea. And it came to pass in the 40th year, in the 11th month, on the first day of the month, that Moses spake unto the children of Israel. It was only an 11-day journey. Took them 40 years. You know why? God had a plan. God had to instill into the younger ones. A lot of them had to die off, the older ones did. But God had a plan and He took them through the school of hunger, through this time, uh, to be able to get them to the place where they need to be on the outskirts that we're reading about here in Deuteronomy chapter uh, number 8. But I want you to see something. It took them 40 years to make an 11 day journey. They spent 40 years of wilderness wandering instead of entering into a full life of abundant living in the land of Canaan. Just think about that. Just 11 days, they could have been in the land of Canaan, going to the grapes of Eskel, grabbing the grapes, eating on the grapes, looking at the land, and just enjoying the land of Canaan. But it took them 40 years to get there. How many of God's children today, tonight, are wandering around the wilderness, busy as can be, like the Israelites, occupied with everything in the world, loaded down with care, but going nowhere? But Lord, I think that's what scares me the most. I have set in... Uh, Brother Hoots' office, especially when I first got here, the first six months, uh, I probably was a mess, and I'm sorry about that. But I sat in his office, him sitting in front of me at his desk, and, and I told him over and over, I just don't see my life going nowhere. Sometimes I feel like I'm spinning my wheels, and actually I'm, that entire business. How about that? And I feel like, man, sometimes, God, are you, are you there? Are you going to ever use me again? Because there's been many times I've, uh, it's like I told Brother Hoots, and he's had to slap me around a couple times. Thank you for that. But I feel almost handcuffed. I feel like uh, sometimes I'm going probably through the school of hunger a lot, in a lot of ways. But you know, I, I believe with all my heart, and one thing that really excites me now, and I can, I can keep moving forward is because I know God is working in me, doing a work. And for the first time in my life, I've, I've had to be patient. I'm not a patient man. And the first time in my life I've had to be patient. I've had to wait on God. And, uh, and it's been tough. It's been tough, but I've had to uh, look at Him and keep looking at Him and uh, look at who I am. I'm nothing and He is everything. But what has happened is, over the course of this uh, year or so, it, it's made me get closer to God. 
And I'm ashamed about that in ways because I should already been uh, close to God. But it's made me a uh, hunger and thirst. And uh, I've been uh, looking to Him for everything. Uh, from everything that I is, that's happened in my life, I have been just walking uh, almost with a pacifier and uh, a helping hand with God. And God has graciously been with me through this whole time. But it's been a school. And sometimes I don't recognize that. And maybe tonight you might be right where I am. And sometimes you don't recognize what God is putting you through. And God might be putting you through the school of hunger tonight because there's a reason. You see, you're living for a purpose. You're not uh, breathing just because, hey, there's a breath, uh, uh, he put a breath of life in you. No, he's got breath in your nostrils because there's still, he's got a will for your life. And some of you may be listening here tonight, or maybe in the crowd, you might be still breathing because he wants you to be saved. But tonight, maybe some of you sitting here, You're as busy as can be. You're wandering around the wilderness. You're occupied with everything in the world, loaded down with care, but going nowhere. You know, I don't want to just come to church. I want to actually be a help to Brother Hoots and his wife. Miss Hoots, I pray for you every morning. I don't just pray for Brother Hoots. I I know you're... Uh, I wouldn't say better. Uh, I guess better half. Uh, both equal. You're both equal. I love both of y'all. But I know if I pray for Brother Hoots, my pastor, and that's the right thing to do, I've got to pray for you too. Because you carry a heavy load. And you know, you think about that. You think about our life down here. And I, I don't want to just be a church member. I want to uh, not just spin my wheels. I want to come to church, be a help to the pastor and his wife. I want to come to church, be a blessing. I want to come to church to encourage. I want to come to church with a smile on my face. I want my kids to know that I'm excited about church more than the Astros game. And I love those Astros. Hey, Brother Brent. Amen. But you know, why? Why? God allowed the nation of Israel to get hungry. He caused them to get hungry tonight to accomplish a specific purpose in their lives. Now let's look at Scripture. Those four things and I'm done. The school of hunger tonight, number one, teaches us to observe. Notice in verse number 1 there, All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. You know, we got to observe that the purpose of life is to do the will of God. For each and every one of us, that's soul winning, that's uh, inviting people to church, that's being right with God, that's reading your Bibles, that's doing all you can, giving to everything, it is the will of God. To not spin your wheels. To not get caught up in your jobs. Your jobs are important. Your jobs are important. They put food on the table. But also your jobs, man, that's what God blesses us with. 
If we'll, if we'll give it to God, He blesses us and we get to put our offerings in. We get to be able to give to missions. But man, we get to do something greater and beyond just feeding our families. We get to get in the kingdom of God by giving and be able to see souls saved. And what a blessing that is. The will of God. Observe that the purpose of life is to do the will of God. Observe that the key to truly living is to do the will of God. And notice what the Bible says, that ye may live. Some people don't live. Some people don't. They get up in the morning. They go to work. They come home. They eat dinner. They watch maybe a little TV. They talk on the phone. They go to sleep. And the day's already done. Guys, I don't know about you, but do you ever look in the mirror and you're thinking, where'd that gray or white hair come from? And where I'm going through now is, where'd that hair go? It's going. It's starting from my forehead and going back. I don't know if there's a, a maybe some glue or something. I'm going to put just a big patch right there. It's going to look crazy. But you know, I know I'm getting older. What about you? You know, we need to observe. Are we doing the will of God or not? What do you want out of your life? Just to get a job, to uh, be a a dad or a mom, to maybe uh, be a good person? Wouldn't it be better if you got in the kingdom of God? You don't have to be a missionary, but we're all missionaries in a sense. There's all work that we can do here in this local body. There's a work for you to uh, do. Just uh, tonight, uh, uh, it was said that Miss Joanna is doing her first class. That's awesome. Because used to, she used to be in the class. But each and every one of us have a job to do. Uh, uh, no matter what it is, there's always a job to do. And we got to observe uh, that the way to abound and multiply is to do the will of God. Number two, the school of hunger. It teaches us to remember. Deuteronomy chapter number eight, verse number two, it says, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments... Or no, we ought to remember each lesson that God had to use to humble them, to humble us, and to get us to be honest with ourselves and with Him. You know, we got to remember how God miraculously, what He has done in our lives, that we can't look at what He did, the miracles that He did, and how He fed them with manna uh, from uh, heaven. Man, can you imagine waking up and uh, seeing the manna? Can you imagine the fiery serpents? And man, they were biting. People were dying right and left. But yet, uh, God told them, hey, I want you to uh, p- uh, build me a, uh, a, a serpent upon a pole. And if they look to it, man, uh, they, they'll be healed. They won't uh, have to hurt. And you think about that. You think Think about all the miraculous things of them, uh, God uh, giving them water from the rock. Can you imagine seeing all those things happen? But wait a minute. We ought to look back in our life. And surely, surely we can see what God has done in ours. Think about this uh, church here. These services uh, that's all these years... 
I'd say there's been a lot of people saved. A lot of lives changed. You think about your children. Are they saved? That would be exciting to you. I remember when Sawyer, before he got baptized, we'd been working on him for a year, just letting him be and seeing, uh, you know, just say, see if he really had what he had. Man, uh, from month one to month six, he was so excited about his salvation. Month uh, eight, month ten, to a year, and I still hadn't baptized him. And I, you know, I was just uh, seeing him for sure. And as he was still six-year-old, still young, he came to me after a, uh, a Lord's Supper. He said, Dad, don't you trust me? Don't you believe in me? And I said, Sawyer, I believe in you, son. I love you. He said, uh, and I didn't know where he was going to go with this. But he said, Dad, what else do I have to do? To be, uh, I've already been saved. And I said, Okay. He said, I've told you this for all these months. And I said, well, sorry, I said, we love you and we care about you enough that we just wanted you to know for sure. And he said, Dad, he said, I know for sure. I, he said, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I said, well, where would you go if you died today? He said, Dad, I know for sure that I'd go to heaven. And I said, how? How do you know? It's because of what the Bible says, Dad. He said, they taught me that in Sunday school and I believed it. I said, yeah, that's true. I said, you know, it's simple as that. But you know, he he was so excited. And you know, I I got excited with him. And I get excited of all the, uh, when my children got saved, I got excited of uh, seeing my loved ones get saved. uh, And I see my life has been changed. And over the years of all the things that God has done, how He miraculously uh, done a work in my life. And man, I see the miracles uh, all through my life that God's hand was on my life. And I need to remember You know, the school of hunger, it teaches us to remember where we came from. You know, I I think about my life. I I remember the first time walking into a McDonald's. You know, uh, we lived on a a pig farm, 300 hogs. And man, we we gave birth to them. And uh, we'd stay there all night with heat lamps. And uh, we'd grab those hogs before the sows would eat them. And we'd wipe them down. And we'd spray that purple stuff. And I'd spray it in my mouth. No, I didn't spray it in my mouth. And uh, But we would uh, take care of those hogs. And man, I remember the first time in my life walking in McDonald's. All my friends went to McDonald's, but we never did go. We never did go to a, a, a place to eat. We just never did have the money. And the first time I walked to McDonald's, I thought, man, we are some rich cookies. I want that, that, and that. And you know, I think about that, and I like to remember those days because it puts everything in perspective. It shows me how small I am. And how big he is. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, we serve a big God. God has taken care of us through these many, many years. 
He is, uh, takes care of us all the time. And we need to make sure that we remember that. We need to remember that. He, and notice this. He says, and fed thee with manna. We need to remember when we was in our lowest point, when we was uh, scrambling around and uh, it seemed like God was quiet. But yet we need to remember all the days that God showed himself, his hand during these times. Did the children of Israel deserve the manna? They didn't. Did they deserve what they got from water from the rock? They didn't. But those young people, they saw, I remember God's hand. And you know what your children see? You bringing them to church, what's the use? They say, I remember that service. I remember that service when so-and-so went forth. I remember that service when Brother Roger preached on that. And man, I saw my dad get right with God. I remember that service. I remember uh, walking up to the altar with me and my mom. And my dad was there. And we prayed as a family. You know, that means a lot to a child. If it's been a while since you've been to the altar, you say, well, what's the point? Why the altars are here? It'd be something else as you parents. And don't uh, do this Sunday just because I said it. But if Brother Hoots gives an invitation, they ought to be sometimes. They ought to be sometimes. They ought to be sometimes. That you get out of your pew and you walk that aisle. Number one, it's for God. But number two, your children and grandchildren need to see you while you've got legs. They need to see you walk the aisle and get on the altar. And talk to God. You say, well, that's formality. If you don't do it, they're going to go all their life. Well, mom and dad never went to the altar. I never seen them. It don't have to be a service where God is just tugging at your heart. Oh, and he's just, he's bringing you out of the pew. It ought to be just a delightful thing to you, for you to, a humbling thing for you to get out of your pew and come up here. It's not very hard and use this altar. And your kids ought to come. They ought to see it. They ought to sometimes hear you pray. What you're praying about. Your kids need to see that. And you say, what if, how young? Uh, and they're so young to come to the altar. They need to hear it because they're listening to every little thing. I'm just saying. There's been many times I've uh, tapped on one of my son's uh, shoulders. And I say, I want you to come with me to the altar. Why do I do that? Because I want them to know that it's an easy thing to come to the altar. I want them to know it's not embarrassing for me to get on my knees in front of anybody in this room. I want them to know that I'm coming up. I've heard a sermon. I listen to my pastor. I listen to the Word of God because that's why he's preaching, right? Right? Those are God's words. Is there anything that's ever convicted me? There ought to be times I ought to come to this altar and get on my knees and let my kids see Dad. See their dad, because one day I'll be gone. Hear dad pray. And hear dad say, Lord, I'm sorry. To hear dad say, Lord, I pray that you'll help my pastor. To hear dad pray for one of the people in the church. Man, my dad cares. My mom cares. They're not, uh, they're not praying for us. They're not, she's not even praying for herself. I hear mom praying 
for somebody else. I see, I hear mom praying for me. I hear uh, dad, he's praying for me. And there ought to be times that they can remember those times. The school of hunger teaches us to consider, and I'm, I'm right at finished. Consider the end of a matter at the very beginning. You know, we gotta consider the chastening of the Lord. How it will affect our families, our loved ones, our church family, our wife, our husband, our children. Whatever it may be. I even think how, how will it affect my pastor the way I conduct myself. The school of hunger, last but not least, it teaches us to beware. <sighs> beware of the peril of prosperity. We see that in verse number 11 through 17. You know, prosperity is much more dangerous to the believer than trouble and suffering. It's crazy, but true. Beware of forgetting God, and it can be done. Beware of not just uh, starting right, but finishing right. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to those we love tonight, the most, is to finish the way we're supposed to. If you're listening here, you might have had a life, the first of your life, man, it was full of troubles and trials and he was backslidden. He was out, away from God. But tonight a person can amend for a life not lived right by dedicating themselves to finishing right. Let's finish right here at East River Baptist Church. Let's finish right. I know that's Brother Hoots' prayer. I'm thankful that we have an a older pastor. Um, there's a lot of wisdom and experience with the older pastor. But I'm thankful, and I know Brother Hoots, he's wanting to finish well. I know that about him. It's something I want to do tonight. I'd like to finish well. I'd like to finish well, brother. I've got one life to live, and I'd love to finish well. Brother Hoots, if you will. Thank you.